Welcome everyone to part two of today's podcast. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for tuning in today. Uh, this one all about the National Football League, looking at what happened in week six, what we can get ready for for week seven with fantasy football, and why fantasy football is so cruel, looking at the stupid good fantasy football team this week. Uh, as always, find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at primetimeklein, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. You can email this show, couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. You can also find it on Facebook. If you're wondering where the Flames and Baseball Breakdown is, it is on uh, part one of the episode today. Um, I know I said in part one I was going to do some NBA stuff. That is going to be pushed uh, to tomorrow. So, uh, all about the NFL today. Let's get right into it. All right, uh, the big story of the weekend, I think, is obviously the top two teams in the league, or two of the top two teams in the league anyway, stumbling through uh, this one as the 49ers and Eagles each lose. Um, I don't think that there's a whole lot groundbreaking here or anything like that. Honestly, I think that the more interesting part of both of these is the the teams that won. From the uh, San Francisco-Cleveland standpoint, for the 49ers, you would have liked Purdy to have shown up a bit more in a, a weather game, but I think we have enough runway from him that it's, you can kind of write it off as, okay, that was just a bad game against a good defense. Let's see what he does in the next one. Like, I, I don't think you can put too much into this necessarily. Um, there's concern, like Christian McCaffrey, a little bit banged up. We'll be addressing that in the fantasy football waiver wire segment a little bit later on, but, um, McCaffrey being banged up is certainly a concern. Um, Debo got banged up in this game as well. Brandon Ayuk and uh, George Kittle are not immune to such issues either. So like there's, I think a bit of a, huh? there in, in San Francisco, because we've seen when things go perfectly, it goes great. But th- this is, I don't think, a game where you, you, oh, the sky is falling in San Francisco. It's a bad loss. Same thing in Philadelphia. Like, you would have wished for Jalen Hurts to make some better decision-making, um, or to make better decisions um, in, in this one. But I, I don't also believe that the sky is falling in this game. But let's look at the two teams that won. Cleveland, um, a lot of hype about this defense. And then they had a bit of a, a stumble, and so the, the hype kind of backed off. But... Um, this is going to be a team, I think, that is going to be, like, obviously riding their defense a lot, and is going to give teams some real fits defensively. Offensively, they have some issues, right? Like, Nick Chubb is out with an injury, Jerome Ford, um has stepped in and he's been fine. Um, But the, the big question is what happens with their piece of shit quarterback, Deshaun Watson. Does he... Um, does he come back? Like there's talk that he has been cleared, but he's not playing anyway. So it's a weird situation around this quarterback. We will see what happens there, but, and even when he comes back, like we don't really know what we are getting with again, noted piece of shit to Sean Watson. So we will see, but it's, it's an intriguing team nonetheless. And with the jets, like you come through this three and three stretch that was going to be an absolute gauntlet, um, right at 500. I don't know how much better they would have done with uh, with Aaron Rodgers in there. Let's take a look at the schedule and what the Jets have done so far this year. Um, like th- this week, obviously, that they get a win. That was, I would suggest, relatively unexpected. You knew that coming in, this was going to be a really difficult first six games for the New York Jets. And even with Aaron Rodgers, it was, hey, can we just kind of survive this and then go forward? Um Week one against the Bills, like, you, you get the win in that one. That's a bit of a surprise. Week two against the Cowboys, I, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is beating them anyway. Week three against the Patriots, you're probably getting. Like, so, you're four and two instead of three and three. But, I mean, I don't even know 
Like if, if you were to go back and replay the schedule, like does Buffalo play that badly um, in that one? The, the Jets hang with the, the Chiefs, but I think that was kind of best case scenario for them in that one. Then they beat the Broncos and now they beat the Eagles. So I like I, I don't think that they're that much further behind now going into this part of the, the schedule here where if they would have had Aaron Rodgers or compared to what they would have had with Aaron Rodgers. Now coming up for them at the Giants, which is really a home game when they come off of the bye, um, getting ready for week eight, then it's home Chargers at Ray Raiders at Bills, um, home Dolphins. So that could be another like three and two stretch for them that this could legitimately be a team that hangs around for a playoff spot. And again, it's all based on what that defense can do. And we were worried that maybe this is a bit of just an average defense after a couple of shaky outings following a win over Buffalo. But th this team is, I think, for real. I, I still don't buy the quarterback. Um, it would be a weird message to send if they did trade for Kirk Cousins coming off of back-to-back -back wins. But so it's it's a weird roster building spot for them right now, but I do think that this is a team that uh, I was gonna say can can compete for a playoff spot. The AFC is still so tough, man. But th this is a team that at least is gonna be in the in the hunt portion of the the, the TV broadcasts. I think for a little bit. Uh, the Texans with a, another win. They they hold on to beat the New Orleans Saints. That's a, a decent win for them. Like, that's a good defense. They only put up 20, but they hold the Saints to, to 13, which again, I think says more about the Saints than it does the Texans. But this Texans team is really just hanging around. Um, I don't, I'm not rushing to the window to, to put in a division bet on them or anything like that, because I think once they start playing better teams, then this is going to be maybe something that kind of goes up in their face. But they they have been, I, I think, a lot better, certainly a lot better than I thought they were they were going to be. I was, wasn't sure they'd get to three wins all season. Um, but you look at it like, the, the Steelers win's a good win. The the Jags win is looking like a better win, at least. Uh, coming out of the bye now, they have Carolina. That feels like a win. Um, then home Buccaneers, that doesn't, at the Bengals. But home Cardinals, then a big one against the Jags. Like, it's not an overly daunting schedule the rest of the way for the Houston Texans if they want to try to squeak in. A team that isn't going to squeak in, the Miami Dolphins, with just another annihilating performance of Carolina. This offense certainly treats bad teams like bad teams. On the flip side, the Bengals squeak out a win against the Seahawks. That's a tough one for Seattle to, to fall against the Bengals. But um, Cincinnati, the more they can kind of squeak by here, the before their bye week, I think next week, the, the better they're going to, to feel. Uh, the Bills survive a scare against the New York Giants. That was not a pretty football game at all. Um, they, they should feel zero confidence coming out of it, but they come away with a, a victory there. Um, the Giants, that's just such a missed opportunity. Uh, and th there's been some talk like Terod Taylor has come out and run this offense better. He had Saquon Barkley um, and Daniel Jones didn't. So I, I don't want to read too much into that. And then Monday Night Football, um, the Chargers kind of feel screwed. They they fall to the, the Cowboys 20 to 17. They have a matchup against the Chiefs this week where Kansas City's favored by five and a half. They drop that one. All of a sudden they're two and four. Um, and right now they're behind the Raiders in the division who sit at three and three. I think that seat is getting hotter and hotter under Coach Staley. 
personally. So that is the story from the NFL this week. A bit rapid fire for you. Now let's get into fantasy football. Um, waiver wire pickups this week. At the quarterback spot, I'm going Sam Howell, uh, Washington quarterback, taking on the New York Giants, a defense that stepped up in some ways against the Buffalo Bills, but the larger sample size is that this is a, a football team that is not good at defending. And so I think Sam Howell can take advantage of that. At the running back spot, Keontae Ingram got a bit more of that backfield than I think some people were expecting. He has Seattle this week. And then the two running backs out in San Francisco, Elijah Mitchell at 28% owned and Jordan Mason at 7% owned. Mason is kind of just a bowling ball who... Um, he kind of seems like the type that just kind of gets what's blocked for him, which luckily in San Francisco is a lot. Um, Elijah Mitchell, I think, is a bit more of a dynamic player. I, I think that if he were in a different situation, he'd be a, a every week fantasy play, but he's just backing up the best running back in the world right now. So I think those are two very viable options for fantasy football this week. Um, at wide receiver, it is Curtis Samuel. We're pairing him up with, with Sam Howell. That's quite the stack to be celebrating. Uh, oh yeah, just go with Howell and Samuel and, and win your week. Uh, also like Josh Downs at 33% owned as a, a favorite target out in Indianapolis. At tight end, it is Jonu Smith, 19% owned. Yes, he's the second tight end in or in Atlanta. They have Tampa Bay this week and he just keeps getting five, six, seven targets a week. And when you look at what's available in the waiver wire, like maybe you want to go Musgrave, but that offense feels like it's taken a step back. Maybe they're improved coming out of the bye week, so maybe you could go with him as well. But Jonu Smith is getting more opportunities than some of these other tight ends are getting, and I think that is a reason for um, a speculative ad anyway. And now this last one is painful to say, but I think the streaming defense this week might be the Raiders going up against a Chicago Bears team who you don't know who they are playing at quarterback this week. So it is, it's it's going to feel ugly. Definitely don't watch the game. But that that might be the play to make here this week is the the Raiders. So the the picks again to recap: Sam Howell as the streaming quarterback at thirty eight percent owned, um, Keontae Ingram at twenty percent owned running back, along with Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason. Wide receiver uh, Curtis Samuel thirty four percent owned, Josh Downs thirty three percent owned. At tight end Jonu Smith and uh, defense and special teams the Raiders and the Bears. Those are the fantasy pickups for this week. Now we get into uh, what I'm now calling the stupid good fantasy football team of the week. It, it's not, man, this team's stupid good. It's they're, it's a stupid team, and it did well. Um, we look at some of the fantasy football players who came up with big performances this week despite being owned in minimal leagues. We don't necessarily have a cutoff. Um, this week, admittedly, a couple of them are a little higher than we've normally gone, but that's that's the way she goes sometime. At quarterback, we start with Desmond Ritter. The Atlanta quarterback has struggled at times this year, but despite being just 8% owned, came up with 19.08 fantasy points this week. At running back, Sylvan Ahmed with 9.4 fantasy points, 21% owned. Owned. Big performance for the Dolphins. Um, and then Jordan Mason, third string running back for San Francisco. But if you played him, you're doing fantasy wrong. But he gave you 8.7 fantasy points. At wide receiver, Kendrick Bourne, 17% owned, 9.3 fantasy points. And Darius Slayton, who's apparently still in the league, 6.9 fantasy points, 2% owned. At tight end, talked about him in the waiver wire segment, Jonu Smith, 19% owned, 9.6%. And we're going to tight end set because our flex is someone named Brenton Strange, 0% owned, 8.7 uh, fantasy points. At defense, Minnesota, 
13% owned, 21 fantasy points against the Bears, and your kicker, Dustin Hopkins, owned in just 1% of leagues, got you 17 fantasy points. A team where the number one owned player was at 21% puts up 109.68 fantasy points. That is your stupid good fantasy football team this week. And that is the show. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, like, um, leave a comment, share it with your friends. If you are uh, listening in podcast form, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you can. Um, if you want to find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, I'm at PrimetimeKline, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK, and you can email this show, CouchPotatoDiary, at Yahoo.com. Coming up tomorrow, NBA preview will continue. Uh, we have the CFL preview going on as well. Um, we're going to continue UFC previews throughout the week, getting ready for a big one, UFC 294 this weekend. So, still a lot to get to. Thank you all so much for tuning in, and I will talk to you all later.